1: Grateful for Pastor Tony for giving me the opportunity to be with you guys. Um, I love being over here, Pastor Tony. I, I love getting to come and see what God is doing in other parts of our church. So I'm typically over in the student ministry building. We have, God is doing some great things over there in the lives of our students. We are seeing um, middle schoolers, high schoolers giving their life to Jesus on a weekly basis. Um, the last couple of weeks we've seen students baptized. There's some baptisms this evening that I'm going to try and get over there for. Um, so if I just happen to run off stage at some point, it's because they're done over there and I'm heading that way. Um, so show me a little bit of grace in that. But it's so cool to be with you guys and, again, to see what God is doing here. I think sometimes we can get a little siloed um, and... and miss what God is doing in other parts of our church. So I love the opportunity to be with you guys um, and to be drawing towards the end of Elisha. Hopefully you've learned a lot. Hopefully you've grown a lot. Hopefully God has challenged you in some incredible ways. I can't help but read about the miracles that God does in and through people and in my heart say, God, I want that in my life and to be challenged in the way that, that I'm living my life. I want to do a, a quick poll. How many in this room use social media? So Facebook, um, and anything like that. we got so lots in the room. So those of you that use Facebook, you'll know that there is every now and again, I don't know if it's every day or every couple weeks or whatever, there's this, you log into Facebook, and there comes this moment, this memory on your page, and it can say this is from a year ago, two years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago, whatever that may be. So a couple of weeks back, I had signed into Facebook, and up came this memory. And it was a picture of me and my wife from when we were in college. So I clicked on it, because at first I saw it, and I was like, is that, is that really me? Like, is that us? So I clicked on it, and I was looking at it, and I got to scrolling, and I got to looking, and then I reached the end of these photos, and then like a photo from this past week came up. And I was like, whoa, Like, what, what happened? What happened to me? And it seems like that you get married, you have kids, and every time you have this significant life event, like, God just gives you 10 pounds. It's like, you got married, here's a 10-pounder. You had a baby, here's another 10-pounder. So I was looking at my pictures like, I look like I put 20 pounds on since I've gotten married. So... What do you do when you see those pictures? If you're anything like anybody else in the room, you begin looking at diets. So I started Googling some little diets, started Googling some ways that that I could lose weight, knowing full well that I just got to take my backside to the gym and then I'd lose some weight. But I started looking at these diets and listen to some of these things that I found. Martha Vineyard says that you can lose 21 pounds in 21 days if you do her diet. 21 pounds in 21 days. J.J. Smith, who who authored a book, he claims that you can lose 15 pounds in 10 days by drinking green smoothies. The best is Dr. Caroline Apovian. She claims you can lose weight fast and permanently overnight as you sleep. That is my kind of (laughs) diet. Go to bed, wake up in the morning, a couple pounds lighter, I am in. But truth be told, we're always looking for the quickest and fastest way to get extraordinary results, right? What's the easiest and fastest way that I can get my beach body in as quick a time as possible? What's the easiest and fastest way that I can get this bang, this wow factor with as little work or investment on my part It's possible. Now, think about it for a second. Some of our favorite TV shows are things like Fixer Upper. Any Chip and Joe fans in the room? Right? Or flip or flop, rehab addict, whatever it may be. Because we want to see what these guys are able to do in just a short space of time with as little money or as little investment as possible. We get to the end of these shows and we see these beautiful homes and we're wowed by them. And then they say, and we only spent $8,000. And you're like, baby, look, we can do this too. <laughs> or ladies, because it's primarily ladies. We sit looking through Pinterest. and we see these Pinterest fixes that you can do in your house and make your house look a million dollars and raise the value of your home by thousands of dollars, and it's just going to cost you a $100 to do X. So my wife and I bought a house about three or so years ago. We moved into this house, and they had carpet on the stairs, and my wife being my wife, she says, Baby, I want hardwood stairs, and I found a way we can do this on Pinterest for real cheap. So I said, okay, show me, show me Pinterest. So she shows me the Pinterest. She shows me the boards. We get to looking at it. We call a friend. His name's Randy Whitman. Many of you may know him. He's one of our deacons. And we say, Randy, can you do this for us? What's it going to cost us? He comes out. He takes a look at it. And needless to say, it wasn't um, $100 like Pinterest said. It actually cost us thousands of dollars to re these stairs. But we want this wow moment for as little investment or as quickly as possible. And tonight we're going to look at a man called Naaman, he's in 2 Kings 5, so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, 2 Kings 5, who found himself in a similar place. He wanted this extraordinary result, he wanted to see this miracle in his life, but he wasn't quite ready to invest himself in it. So, like I said, if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along. It should come on the screens behind me. Um, we'll start in chapter 1, 2 Kings 5, chapter 1. It says this, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And you may read that and say, awesome, look how God gave this victory to Syria. But what you and I need to remember is that Syria, the Syrian nation, the Syrian army is not the Israelite nation. It's not the Israelite army. Those are two different forces. The Israelite nation, the Israelite army, as we've come to know and learn, those were God's chosen people. But as we read those first couple of chapters, it says that God had given victory to Naaman over Israel over his own people. we introduced to Naaman, this great and powerful military leader, and it says he is that way because God had given him that rank. God had given him that stature. God had given him victory over God's own people. Now that's a sermon in and of itself that we're not gonna get into tonight. And then verse 2 and 3 says this. Now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. And she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, would that my Lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So we're introduced to this man Naaman who's got, he's this mighty man of, of great stature, great valor, this military leader who has this disease. One of the first things that we learn is that this disease has no respect of humans. It was the cancer of their day. Cancer doesn't respect who you are. We look across our hospital list, and there are great men and women who have faithfully served our God here at Silverdale Baptist Church who struggle with cancer. Leprosy was the cancer of their day. It didn't matter who you were or what you had. And then this little Israeli girl That Naaman on one of his raids had captured and the Syrian army had taken her back and Naaman had taken her as one of his slaves. She'd likely seen her father killed. Maybe her father was killed in battle. Maybe he was killed at home. Mom has likely been taken into slavery as well. And she hears about Naaman's leprosy. And this little wee girl says, "Uh, excuse me, where I came from, there's a man that can cure him of this disease. So it goes on to tell us, so Naaman went in and he told his Lord, thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taken within 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman my servant that you may cure him of his leprosy. So the king of Israel, he receives Naaman. Naaman hands in this letter from the king of Syria that says, Hey, king of Israel, I'm sending you Naaman who's got leprosy because I heard that you can cure him. And the king of Israel is like, what are you talking about? Who am I? Am I a God that I can heal a man, that I can cure a man of leprosy? Have you sent him here just to start a fight with us? He thinks it's a trick. He thinks that the king of Syria has sent Naaman to him. So when he says, I can't cure you, Naaman, you got to go back and tell the king that I can't do it, that when he gets back to the king and he says, king, he didn't cure me, that the king of Syria is going to say, well, we're going to go back and we're going to punish them harshly for not doing as I said. And then our man Elisha gets word. And he says, whoa, 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 king, don't freak out. Just send him over to me. And now the and Farper, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? See, Naaman expected this great miracle. He had in his mind how God would restore him. He had in his mind how he would be healed, how his leprosy would be taken away, that he would stand before the prophet Elisha. Elisha would just pray, wave his hand over the situation, the disease would drop off, he'd be made clean, and people would talk about this moment in history forever. They'd talk about the moment that Elisha prayed and Naaman was healed. He expected this magical moment in his life. And I would hazard a guess that you and I are often no different. That we often expect Jesus to be this magical, supernatural force in our lives. That we think our life as we walk with Jesus, as we follow Jesus, it's just going to be followed these magical moments, these supernatural moments where we pray and someone's healed. Or we have these moments where Pastor Tony preaches the most impactful servant and our marriages are restored instantaneously. Or we begin praying for that lost family member, that lost friend, that lost co-worker, that lost neighbor. And no sooner do we pray that they come to faith in Jesus. And Naaman's angry because God didn't work in a way that he was going to expect him to. He says, this is beneath me. Just wash? And not only just go wash, but go wash myself in that dirty Jordan River? Like, it's not clean. It's stinky. It smells. And you want me to go wash in it? It is just too ordinary for Naaman. And it seems kind of silly, but isn't that us? We want to see God work in our lives. We want to see sin removed. We want to see marriages restored, relationships restored, families brought back together again. We want to see people healed of disease, and we want God to do it now, in the moment when we pray. We want him to send somebody to pray over us. We want pastors to lay hands on us. We want to hear those powerful sermons that we just talked about and for everything to be fixed. And honestly, many times God works in those ways. There's many moments in our lives, and maybe across this room, there's been many moments in your lives where you can talk about this miracle moment where something happened when God showed up and it was miraculous. But for every miracle, for every moment, For every miracle we read in the life of Elijah and soon to be in Elisha. For every miracle we see in our own lives. There is these moments, these times, these seasons where the people of God are faithfully walking out the principles of scripture. For every time you see God heal somebody. There are men and women, faithful pastors of God's Word, men who've been called to the office of pastor, who live out the principle in James chapter 5, verse 14, that says this: "Is anyone among you sick?" Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. For every moment of healing, every miracle healing that you've seen, that you read about, that you've heard of in your own lives, there are hundreds if not thousands of moments where faithful men have prayed over the sick. And that moment hasn't just happened. For the Saul-Paul conversion moments. That wayward moment where that that prodigal comes back to Jesus in an instant. That side-of-the-road moment. I just talked with my brother over here about one of those moments in his own life where he walks out of a bar back into his house and says, I'm done with that life and surrenders his life to Jesus right then and there in the moment. For every one of those moments, there are hundreds if not thousands of moments in your life where men and women just like you faithfully live out Romans 1.16. And you're not ashamed of the gospel because you believe it's the power of God for salvation to everybody who believes. And you're unashamed in your workplace. You're unashamed in your neighborhoods. You're unashamed in your schools. And you faithfully, day after day after day, proclaim the gospel of Jesus, and if we're not careful, church, we can quickly find ourselves in a place where we believe if we're not seeing these miraculous moments, then God's not at work in our lives, and if anything that I want to do tonight with you, I just want to encourage you, I want to encourage you and tell you God is at work. That God is at work in your life, here, now, every day, every moment. God is faithfully building his kingdom through men and women just like you. Men and women who faithfully live out their faith, who faithfully walk out their faith before others every day of their lives. And we can sometimes miss these supernatural moments that God sends into our ordinary, everyday lives. Because we think it's just too simple. For example, most of you probably know that we just finished a given campaign called Reach 2020. Reach 2020. Try saying that fast. Where God did something that I would say is miraculous and extraordinary. You see, many of you in this room, hopefully, most of you, hopefully, all of us in the room, we gave to that campaign. That we gave to the vision that God had given our senior pastor and God had given our church to reach our community and to reach the next generation. And some of you may be in this room gave in challenging faith-building ways. Ways that have stretched you above and beyond what you ever thought was possible. But my guess is that most of us in the room probably gave in comfortable ways that we knew we could afford. We probably gave in ways that were maybe a little bit safe, maybe a little bit ordinary, maybe nothing miraculous. But through the everyday ordinary, through your faithful submission and obedience to God, through the obedience of individuals and families here at Silverdale Baptist Church, God raised close to $4 million dollars That's a miracle. That's the extraordinary coming out of the everyday, ordinary, faithful obedience to God. And in our lives, we can sometimes miss what God is doing. Listen, this is no small thing. We're going to plan a new campus, we're going to build a new building on this campus, we're going to build a coffee shop. We're going to give away the missions, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are going to be influenced with the gospel of Jesus because of your faithful obedience, because of the obedience and submission to in your everyday lives. That's the extraordinary coming out of the everyday ordinary. And we can find ourselves quickly missing that moment. That's where Naaman found himself. Naaman wanted the miracle in an extraordinary way, but he's told to do something so ordinary, so simple. Go wash. Right? Seven times, but just go wash in the river. And when God asks us to do something so normal, like, hey, will you give $20 to reach 2020? Would you give $50 And like I said, for some people, he said, hey, would you give half a million dollars? Would you give thousands and thousands of dollars? And they were obedient to that. But when God asks us to do the simple and ordinary, sometimes we lose sight that that's still God working in our lives. That's God's word, whether it's extraordinary or ordinary. That is God's word. God is operating and functioning inside of our daily obedience and submission to him. Don't miss that tonight, church. That your faithful obedience to who God is, your faithful obedience to wake up in the morning, to sit down at your kitchen table, in your living room, wherever it may be, to crack open your Bible and begin to read God's word and let it change your life, your faithful obedience is God at work. Your faithful obedience to go to work every single day knowing the challenges that are ahead of you knowing the difficulties that you face, knowing that you're going to have to treat your coworkers, employees, or employer with the face of Jesus, even though you don't want to. That is God at work in your life. He's going to move and operate inside your faithful obedience. And verse 14 tells us this. So Naaman, so he went down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child and he was made clean. While we wait on the miracle, it's usually, usually those of us who do what God says in his word, who walk faithfully according to the principles of his word that understand the blessing of God. Now for Naaman, he wasn't only blessed because he was healed. Don't miss this. Naaman was blessed because he now knew a God who has the power to heal. Naaman was blessed because he now knew a God who cared deeply about him. Naaman knew a God who he could be obedient to and who he could follow. You may or may not receive the miracle, the blessing of healing, restoration, redemption in your life. But as you faithfully walk with God through the everyday ordinary of your lives, you will know a God who is able. You will know a God who has the power to do everything that his word says he can. And you will know a God who cares about you deeply, and intimately. And those blessings are often deeper and richer than the spiritual healing that takes place. Yours and mine are everyday obedience to the principles of God. Our everyday obedience to God himself is not so ordinary. It's through men and women like you faithfully walking out their faith, obediently surrendering to God every day, that God does the miraculous through you. We're going to baptize two students tonight across the street who were led to faith by VBS workers. My guess is VBS workers who probably showed up on Monday morning like, oh, man, it's VBS week. but they were faithful and obedient. They did what they thought was oh so ordinary, and God did the extraordinary through them. Church, I want to encourage you tonight to continue to walk faithfully. Naaman received a miracle taking a bath. It wasn't this moment that he expected. It wasn't in the way really that he wanted But he was obedient to what seemed so ordinary. And that's where God worked his miracle. Let's pray together.
0: Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.